The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. And welcome to Business is Boring. Trail Group today is the head contractor for Tamaki Regeneration and the largest deconstruction business in Aotearoa, but also a product design company that designs waste out, making things like innovative social housing, furniture, and emergency relief modular homes out of what would otherwise be landfill. Co founder and CEO Saya Finau Latu is now a leader of a few hundred people across New Zealand and Tonga and the Pacific, making small sustainable businesses that can repurpose and make treasure out of items that would otherwise be trash. He left school at 14 and built his career against the odds, and he now works to ensure that there are pathways for youth to succeed in building businesses that heal people, the planet, and offer inspiration and better ways to do business. Joining us today for a great chat that we let run a little longer than usual as it was so special is Saya Fino Latu. Malo Elele, thank you for being here. <laughs> Malo Elele, thank you for having me. Uh, hey, so first up, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, so tell us about your early start. You left school really early to support your family, entering the workforce kind of around like Form 4, hey. Tell me about that decision and how that came about. Hey, first of all, I'm not encouraging any kids that leave school early. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I think back in those, you know, those early days, uh, it was very tough for Pacifica. Um, we were back in the Dawn Ray days where uh, it was tough to get jobs. So our family, we all had to work um, growing up in South Auckland. We, we didn't have... The basic necessities, uh, and one of them was money, basically. So we, we all had to work, uh, including myself, living young. Couldn't afford to go to school. I didn't have the opportunity and luxury, as most people do. But I'm grateful for that learning. Also, uh, it taught me um, to stand on my own two feet. You know, something that somebody said to me most recently, you know, you're an entrepreneur. I said, what is an entrepreneur? And it's like somebody thinks about their feet. I was forced to think on my feet as a very young man. I didn't, you know, my father wasn't around. You know, if I take it back, why did we come to New Zealand? Um, my mum passed away. Um, well, well, we came to New Zealand. Uh, she came to um, uh, to get a treatment of breast cancer. And she passed when I was eight. So I arrived six, probably six months after I arrived, and she passed. Not having that um, parent's figure in your life, is, is difficult. 
my f- my father wasn't around, and and that's quite important I think for any any kids to to have that you know to parenthood. But yeah, you know it, it, it's it, it's very very uh, uh, it was very tough. And so you left school early in order to support your your family without the the, the, the parents around, and went into working. At what where what job did you go into? It was funny, funny enough. Uh, my first job, uh, I was working at the airport, cleaning, you know, cleaning the the, the, the restrooms, uh, pushing trolleys. Um, I was from my auntie. Uh, it was a company called United Cleaning. It started off a bit of a part time, uh, and and there was like a full time vacancy that came up, and um, yes, I took it, and it was about yes, it was about. 14, almost 15 at the time. And it was the best job at the time, but uh, it was very tough as well. It was quite a quite a, quite an embarrassing moment as well. It was it was uh, all the kids coming from, from, from school uh, and, and here's all me, you know, and, and um, you know, pushing the trolleys and cleaning the, you know, the bathrooms and um, it, it was tough. It was tough, but, you know, that was one of the best learnings that I ever got. Uh, I met some great people, and one of them uh, I've, I'm friends with to today. Uh, she's very, very um, 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 powerful in the tour at the moment, and uh, she's, she's very, very. Um, she's got her own production as well, um, which I met her and we're friends with today. But you know, that was t- yeah. Like I said, it, it, it was it was tough, but at, at the same time, um, it was a blessing. At the same time, um, what I've learned by um, uh, through working with my auntie. And you were saying that there have been, you know, some real mentors along the way there. Tell us about the bodybuilding mm. and the gym and how that led you into your first kind of entrepreneurial. You know, um, when I look back, you know, at that, bodybuilding actually saved um, actually saved my life, you know, going through a processing because we were all, you know, we didn't have, um, obviously, the, 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 the father figure, the, the parents that we um, only had. We're all young. We're all working. Then I um, met Sally Paya. Uh, he was a very, um, you know, he did a lot of work with the community in, in Otara. Um, at the time, it was cross power, and um, I got in trouble a few times, <laughs> so ended up at um, cross power ministry. And he he used to make uh, um, all these gym equipment out of um, trolleys, you know. Um, Parts. There was like a, a creek by where his gym was, um, and, and there was an otar. So people used to go um, you know, to go over the creek. There's a little bridge, so they'll come across and then they dump the trolleys from the three guys in otar and <laughs> on the creek, and then they'll go they walk across. So you know, uh, Sally used to get all the, the trouble kids. Uh, you know, I say trouble, but we were all very. Um, Helpful kids, <laughs> the, the, the police drop off to, to Sally to help out, and um, so we'll, we'll pull them up. And the ones we can save, we'll take it back to free guys. And the ones that can't, Sally will turn it into uh, pulleys. So take the, the you know the wheels of it. So to, Sally we used to, to make um, gym equipment out of it. So um, that's how I started. So I learned to um, uh, to make pulleys and, and really started. Loving it, you know, training, and that was my first introduction to bodybuilding. Yeah, 
And that's so cool that that salvaging and repurposing of waste is, um, you know, a through line to what you're doing today with um, Trail Group. But Trail, Trail Group. But how did you? Um, yeah, what 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 was your first entrepreneurial enterprise out from the gym? Um, running mm. security, yeah. It was a funny story that um, <laughs> I, you know, from that I obviously I loved the gym and, and um, you know it, it's it's quite funny you know I I never really got into drugs for some reason but I hang one you know um, drug dealers you know growing up and I hang one I'm no angel you know growing up and you know um, drug dealers you know you, you had everyone and everybody and they grew up out, in our south. But you know, at the same time, as as I, I learned through the the bodybuilding, I met all these these great people. And one of the the businesses that I um, started was that. So it's through the security, and I met some of these awesome guys there. And um, and they said, "Hey, man, look, you know, you want to you know come and do some work." You know, I was starting to do a bit of training with them, and fully enjoyed it. So I, um, yeah, I started very young, and because um, I was a, quite a big guy. Uh, back then, I was a lot bigger than I am now. And I mean, look, I've I learned so much, at, and one of them was uh, learning how to deal with people. They taught me a lot. They were older than me. They taught me how to deal with people. They, they taught me about, um, you know, it's not always um, about using your fist. And, you know, yes, we are quite a big guys, but, you know, um, learn how to, uh, how to talk to people. So a lot of that, that stuff that um, I learned from, from well, obviously now I, I know what entrepreneurship is, is that I learned from the streets. I learned from, from the gym. Uh, I learned from the, the old school OGs, as we call it now, from the south side, you know. And I, I've, you know, I, even up to today, I still go back out south and I, I spend a lot of time with them because I, everything that I have today, I, I learned from them. And from the security... I just, you know, I started off working and then I ended up having about 30, 40 guys running one of the most successful security business back then. It was, you know, it wasn't how it is today. You know, it was, you know, we had dance parties and all these amazing, uh, um, um, and it, there was no drugs to have we had today. It was, it was just, it was just awesome back in, you know, in the 2000s, you know. Um, and we're making great money, but one of the things that I, because I didn't go to school and I had any business uh, background, I just spent all the money. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, it, it, it's, um, but it was, it was a learning. Um, so it was a, one of the biggest learnings also in business is how, how to use money. <laughs> you know? And coming into that kind of um, security side as like an underage bouncer and then getting yeah. yourself like um, uh, a company of like 30 or 40 guys that you were running. Mm. I mean, that's a huge upskilling for someone um, who, you, you know, like learning all of those things of management and building a team and, you know, all of the elements of business. Um, what was it that you kind of like loved and were attracted to in, in that? I think one, it was, um, if I could say this, it was the chicks. <laughs> I have to be honest. I was back in there. I don't know if it's appropriate these days. Eh? Is that, you know, I don't know if I can say that these days is appropriate, but you know, it was the chicks back then. Um, I hope my wife's not listening to this. Um, but yeah, you know, and in in, in the back, of the, we're all single, we're young, we're living the you know living life. But then um, 
it got to a stage that we were actually, I enjoyed it because I was helping others get, get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a lot of our guys that, were, you know, were, were trained to be bodybuilders, but they were working, you know, to, to you know, the, the nine to five jobs, but they just needed a bit extra to, to, you know, to buy food and, and stuff like that for, for training. If we were able to, you know, to give them that, that 20 bucks an hour on the table back then, that's a lot of money, you know, 20 bucks, you know. Um, and, and we will be, you know, they made more money in the weekend than they did in the full-time job. So that was, that was great. We were able to help, you know, and it was more of a family also as well, you know, and um, it was more of a lifestyle than anything else. You know, we, we were living, we are all helping each other. Um, we were able to help our families. Um, it was, you know, um, yeah, like a whanau, basically. Yeah, and there's such camaraderie. Uh in Hospo and in the crew mm. that you work with, I, I worked in late night bars for quite a few years, and it's a really, it's a really special kind of thing. And I love what you were saying just before about like learning to deal with everyone and be able to diffuse situations. And you kind of see mm. all types of people at all kinds of ways, eh? And have to be have to be um, able to deal with anything. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think is you know when I look back at everything, eh, I. A lot of the learnings of dealing with people in, in the network, you know, you learn. It was from the the hospital, you know. Um, networking is a big thing, you know, I suppose, in, in business and in today's business. And it can only come from dealing in, in, in hospital. You know, you have to be able to know how to deal with people, to diffuse situations, you know, to know how to back down, you know, if... if can't always be right all the time, you know. Otherwise, you'd be called Mr. Right. <laughs> so, you know, um, and I, you know, I look back and it's just never, uh, you know, I know starting the conversation that it was hard because I don't want people to think, you know, at the end of this conversation, it was easy to start off with. But I look back at it, it was hard, but it was a great learning because that's the part, you know, uh, the hospital was probably the most amazing time of my life, you know, <laughs> you know, without the drugs and rock and roll and anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was just, you know, it was, a, it was just amazing. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, every part of that, it, it was, helped me. And then you made the call, which would have been quite a brave call, to leave the nightlife behind and become a daywalker. <laughs> and in doing so, you jumped straight from being, you know, at, at the top of your game, earning good income, running a team of um, of people, being, you know, in a very respected position as well, and then jumped out and went and started um, started what? What was the what did you jump into from there? Oh, right, well. Right, right back to the beginning. <laughs> well, as I said, it started off a check and then uh, with checks and then start, and then ended up one check. So... Uh, <laughs> A girl, actually, uh, and uh, a very, very uh, strong girl, uh, which is uh, now 20 years later is my wife. That's how I stopped. <laughs> so uh, uh, my wife, so that's how I stopped. So, you know, we, um, she said, hey, you have to make a decision, you know, can't be single, you know. So um, we um, had to make a decision of, of carrying it on or, you know, apparently it wasn't a career <laughs> to be security. You know, um, so... Yeah, when I met my wife at the time, uh, well, girlfriend, um, <laughs> I decided. Look, it was time to to you know leave. You know, it was it was fun. It was great. Don't get me wrong, um, but it was time to have, look another career. So 
I left uh, a lot of any job, to be honest with you. It was just whatever was close to home. And being in the game, I was about 10 odd years at the, um, you know, running that business. What kind of skill do you have apart from, you know, networking? You know, I didn't have any education. I haven't got a degree or anything like that apart from dealing with people. So it was very difficult to find a job. So just down the road was McEntee Hire. It was a hire place, cleaning diggers. It was just minimum wage back then. I think it was, uh, I think it started at six, seven dollars at the time. So I left, you know, earning three grand as well as earning seven dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah, wow. It was tough. But to make that call and to back yourself to, to, yeah. to grow. And then how did you end up going from coming in there as a digger cleaner to then running the place? Well, you know, I, I've, I think it was just the uh, pure determination. Like anything I've ever was done. I always look at. I always look at the broader and the sort of things. there, you know, I don't look at something and say, "Hey, look, that's a, oh, that's a dumb thing to do." I always look at, man, that's quite cool. I can actually become a great digger operator or become an awesome digger cleaner. So, and exactly, that's what I did. So, I um, and it just happened to be uh, when I started the, I think it was about maybe five six months into the job. The manager broke his leg. <laughs> I, was like, hey. I was like, sorry, dude, he broke your leg. But I, I had to step up, you know. I was like, dude, I only just started six months into the job. Um, and luckily enough, it was a small little branch. Um, it was only me and him and another guy. It was only a tiny little branch at Ernie McIntyre. So it wasn't very busy. It was very, very quiet anyway. So um, I just stepped out while he was off. Um, and I was thinking he's going to be off for a couple of months, but he ended up being off for two years. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I sort of just stepped in and I, was, I had no idea what to do, what I was doing. Um, but, you know, because I've been management running my own, so I knew how to deal with people. So I knew how to deal with people, but I had no idea about machinery. <laughs> so I had to learn how to, what the machinery is about. So I spent a lot of the weekends and, and after hours actually learning how to operate the machinery. And... You know, back in those days, you didn't have YouTubes and what you have now. So you actually had to go outside and drive the diggers and, and using the concrete, so I'd take it home and use it. And I learned that, and I, and I became good at it. So I, I helped the DIY uh, guys, and, uh, you know, I'd taken, um, taken the, the branch from, you know, I think it was turning over something like 15000 a month to about, uh, yeah, about to 80000 you know, in a very short time. And, you know, it became a very popular branch. And um, then opportunity came up um, to open up a new branch in the city for, for McEntee High. But back in those those days, if people don't know McEntee High, it wasn't a very well-known um, company like the bigger companies. So um, a, a branch was opening in the city, which is not far from here. And I, I put a bid for it to say, look, I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind... Um, you know, running the branch. So I, I put a business plan together. So two years later, and they gave, they were silly enough to give me the job. And um, so I opened it up, and story short, I, I turned, um, um, I got, I think it was like 260000 and I paid out the first year, opening their branch in Great North Road, which is now called Kennards, and made, um, yeah, half a million the first year. Um, and Made McEntee become um, a brand that that can deal with the big contractors, not not just a you know a, a, your your family, um, you know, high company. So yeah, that's awesome, man. And having built up 
like you, you know having having worked and fought real hard to kind of build mm. all of these things tell me about deciding to sell everything and mm. start fresh with trail group well uh well it started off with um bill was selling up so bill was a, bill McAtee was a real family man i stayed with him for about for 10 years um he was a good family man the McAtee. um I, I wanted to leave, but you know, he, I wanted to make sure that he was okay. That you know, um, so he tried to sell the company, and I waited and I waited. I was always itching, you know, <laughs> I can't stay, you know, in one place. Obviously, we're always thinking. But once he sold the company to now called Kennards, I said to my wife, "Hey, look, you know, I'm ready to to start my own." So I went up and become a consultant, I'm doing a little bit of consulting. So I started up with helping up a few other companies, um, you know, and that's. Handy of all the networking that I got from the the, the hospital because I met a lot of people. Then look, I met a few awesome people along along the way, and one of them was um, Big Joe Wagner. Uh, Big Joe Wagner just finished his his league career. He just came here from England, and um, said, "Hey, look, you know, we um, I, you know, want to get into the to the hiring business." And you know, I had a few other people that, that bought into it. Let's you know be part of it, you know. Again, he was silly, and let's go, yeah, man. <laughs> so he goes, yeah. So, so myself, Joe Wagner, and a few others, we started into the, to the leasing. That was the beginning of the leasing. Then we started buying into workshops and, 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 um, and different other uh, uh, businesses. And, and um, in 2016, um, no, things were going well. And then, um, yeah, things changed for me, myself personally. I, I um, you know, if I go back to how I've started, all I know is work, eh? Um, my work ethic is next to nothing. That's all I know. I don't know how to shut down. Not because I don't want to. It's just I don't know how to. So, And then 2016, that whole came crashing down. My brother passed away. Um, he had a car accident. It was like, boom, holy shit, fuck, you know. I shut down, you know. So even talking about it now, I still feel quite... Um, emotion about it because it's something that's still quite raw even though it's happened in 2016 that's how childhood is, is kind of like came about is, is it, first it started with um, actually first it started with the, uh, the iwi um, childhood actually once upon a time it, it's, it stands for Te Reo Waikara um, I was, uh, was honoured um, to sit on, a, on, on, their, on their board and, and police to learn. And then 2016, uh, when that happened, I, yeah, like I said, I just um, sold up everything and, and, and asked the, the board for their blessing. I believe to today, I, was, I think that I'm the first Pacific or outsider to ever sit on an iwi board like that, uh, which happened to be Wakura Tanui. And yeah, I had to take some time off, really, um, and, and reflect, you know, how, how do you take time off when you don't know how to? When all you know in your life is, is work, and I think it was like a safe haven for me. Is as being a kid, that's all I knew. Um, you know, you kind of like that's my safe haven, just work. So where's your safe haven when you have a when you come into something like that? When you um, you know six o'clock news, I was sitting there, I was watching, and and, and um, it was on Sunday. 
uh, it was late. You know, I never wa- I didn't watch the news at six, but uh, it was late, and I was watching it because I pre-recorded. It, it popped up and you could see this this car burning live, you know, and the car burning, and I was going, oh, oh shit, what a poor bastard! And then I got a phone call a couple of hours later. My brother saying, shit, there was actually my brother. There was, yeah, so. Yeah, that that changed everything for me. So he, um, yeah, he got bent alive. You know, it, um, that I can say that now, but um, that was tough. It was tough. It was really tough. But you know, Tri Group whole business model changed from that, and actually, the company as it is today is born out of um, healing. You know, for for myself, but also for people at the same time. I think. And we'll be back in a moment to hear from Sire how he built Trow Group into the business it is today, giving back to people, the community and the planet. Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so tell us, how did you build Trout Group in order to be a kind of business that could mm. be there for healing and could be there to be a, a good force in the world? So, you know, uh, you know, how do you hear from something tragic? So you need to define yourself. So you wanted to, um, you know, sometimes we, something happens to you where you don't know what to do. Um, two things I said to my wife one I can drink and blame the wolf or I can do something extraordinary so I chose extraordinary so I said you know why don't I do that and you know my wife has been extremely awesome I'm very blessed to have her and my two kids but if I just take a little bit back at the same time as so I my wife was pregnant at the same time so it was a double tragedy so my wife was pregnant our first son so my brother um, passed away, and then my wife was pregnant, so we lost our son and my brother at the same time. So it was very, very, you know, it was a bad, bad time. So we, you know, we went through a journey, and, and uh, it was like a um, a healing and drug, but don't, you want, don't want the pain to, to you know, to remember that, that pain. So, okay, what can I do? So I thought I was going back to the. To, I thought okay, I'll go back home because I haven't been home for a long time. Which because I'm you know, back, I'm 
go back to Tonga. So I wanted to to heal, you know, and go back and take some time off because I've never taken time off. Then I went back and I thought, oh, okay, look, I've seen some of the problems, some of the issues that's happening. I thought they had, they had problems and issues in Tonga here about the way they live and then, um, you know, trying to help the churches and the schools and, you know, some of them, they needed chairs, they needed, you know, um, some walls were falling apart and they needed materials. And uh, I thought, oh, and I can do that. And, you know, I was, uh, so I was putting a band-aid on, you know, what I was going through. I thought I was actually helping the people. But then what I learned was I was actually, they were helping me. But I wanted to do more of it because I just want to keep, it's like a drug out, you want to keep feeling good. Then I realised they need money to do that. So it was like, it's just stages go, oh shit, I'm running out of money here. So I need to be sustainable, eh? Because I can only do so much. And it's like, okay, the freight's expensive, that, then I know. So, you know, I came, when I came back to New Zealand and, and started um, again networking because I was in the business sector. Um, and, you know, I, was, I met some really awesome people, um, told them about my vision. And this is quite important, you know, for, for anybody that is listening and talking about business. You know, business is great, but sometimes, you know, you you got to think about, I think about business is, is you got to find the right recipe for business. Eh? One, there has to be a need for it. Uh, you know, yes, you got to be sustainable, but when I came back to New Zealand, I realised that, you know, yep, i got to be sustainable. But then I realised there was a problem also, not just in the Pacific, there's also a problem in New Zealand. Then I realised a problem around the world, and it's climate change. Yeah, shit. And I didn't realise that's actually happening in my own country. Uh, we're watching, you know, the sea level rise. Um, and then there's a problem also here in New Zealand and around the world, and uh, we have a problem with waste. Well, we see waste. Um, I saw it was an opportunity to heal. And then myself by helping, and then I met some awesome people at Auckland Council, um, the Waste Team, the Southern Initiative. Amazing, I still deal with them, talk to them every day, even up to today. How do I help not just our people and be sustainable, but help you know, solve some of you know, us with taxpayers? You know, it's not just helping; it's actually we're paying for this as well. And 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 then learned that. You know, 40, 50 percent of our landfill is from construction waste. You know, I said, holy crap, really? I was like, you know, it's like, but then trying to convince people it's a good way to do business by not smashing all these buildings down. I mean, look at this amazing building that we're sitting in. I drove in here. I was like, man, and I walked through here, the, the flooring, you know, you know, sitting here. It's just, it's an old building, but look, look how I can look, hey. You know, it's just amazing, you know? you know. What can't we design for change, you know? It doesn't have to be brand new. So, yep, I can help people, and not just in Tonga, in the Pacific, when we were in the Pacific, yeah, help the communities in New Zealand, create jobs, but then create a new economy in the deconstruction. construction. So in the waste sector, you know, waste is not just um, rubbish you throw away, food waste or your... Plastic is actually construction waste as well, which is the, um, one of the huge part. You know, we think it only plastic, but it's massive. And um, you know, gone from a tragedy to actually landing, uh, you know, 
in the in the waste sector. So now Trail Group is we design waste out, and, and that's what we do as a business. Um, we design waste out. And what does that look like as a um, as a business? As, as like you say, like. Um, you know, if you've ever been on a site and seen the skips filling mm. up with stuff and then going off and you kind of look in, you're like, yeah. hey, you could use some of that. <laughs> and so you, you come to, yeah. what, what like a, mm. a big council or a big kaianga or a mm. project mm. and just bring kind of ingenuity and, and, and inventive thinking and go, how can we repurpose this waste to make things mm. happen in Tonga or make things happen in the Pacific? Yes, so we, we take big buildings down, so... It currently, as it stands, we're the largest deconstruction company in New Zealand. We do civil works as well. We do the whole, uh, for the likes of Kwanga Order, Auckland Council. We know, we're the first head contractor, you know, you know, going from Chattanooga to we're the first Pacific head contractor in New Zealand. So we we design uh, currently at the moment the Cyclone um, for Category 4 um, emergency houses for the Pacific. We've designed uh, your um, 30 square metre social housing currently here also. And we're currently working with uh, working with Tamaki Regeneration at the moment about their um, um, housing plus iwi, uh, also with their Papa Kainga as well, development. So we're not just taking out a, out a, a bin yeah. and, you know, and recycling that. We're actually doing it on a large scale uh, by creating jobs for, for, for iwi. Uh, and, and then Marae um, development, we're on a massive, massive scale. So, you know, coming from the Pacific and back to New Zealand. And we're also currently at the moment working with other countries as well to have a look at what that could look like in the future. What were some of the kind of turning points in getting that business to the stage it's at today? Um, you know, as I said before, you know, you, you can, you know, I will say this to our staff that new or, or people that I meet, if you go looking for money, you'll never find it because you've never be enough. If you want $30 or $50 an hour, $100 an hour, you'll never be satisfied. Yes, we want to pay off our mortgage. Yes, we want to get shopping on the roof. But if you go looking to help somebody, everything else will fall into place. Why I say it there, like my journey, I don't go to the Pacific to look at, you know, I look for healing myself. When you look into a business, I think we should look at a business of how can we heal, whether it's somebody or, or look at, you know, how do we help? We only have one planet. We're already effing it up at the moment, you know. Um, I'm not just looking at it. I'm healing myself and healing a community, but I'm also looking at healing a planet. And I think if we take it back and look at what Elon Musk has done, you know, great, great guy, right? He goes and create a electric car, but he gets the, one of the most poorest people to actually make his batteries. That's and then now he's going to try and take off uh, to find a new planet to destroy it. You know, so how is that healing the planet? So you know, we 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 need to be entrepreneurs and look at technology is not always just tech. You know, computers and pie in the sky stuff that I see it can't be anything, but. I think if you really want to get into business, you look really need to look at how create something that can heal the planet, not necessarily something that can destroy it. You know, so um, I look at, um, at what we do is is not just yeah, as I said, it's not just healing myself, but how do we heal the, our planet? We only got one. Tell me about providing pathways 
to people into your business and um, you know help helping to provide people um, jobs and opportunities and and the ability to see success from all kinds of you know uh, academic or qualification or backgrounds. So we we have we've created our own um, um, what we call a micro credential as well. So we have a hundred kids. So it's just from from my background because I didn't get. So I, I have the Ministry of Education, which we're very grateful for. We take hundred kids that um, don't have um, whether they get an opportunity of they're from the youth courts. They come through to us. No, they're the hard. You know, they're from the zero to five. They don't really get the help, um, and I believe that's where I felt sort of into the category. So we take them in and we, we we teach them and go through a process, you know, um, and how they can get into what we're doing now. That's one, and then we got a micro credential, so we can get into um, to deconstruction, learn about sustainability and so forth. But also what we try to achieve is, because it's a new economy, you can't learn this in university, and hopefully in years to come it will be something that they teach you about how to design waste out, um, because everything's already set in universities, eh? institutions already got it. But how do you teach them to think differently eh? about how do you take something and then design something that's good? And you know, not all great ideas come from universities, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful to 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 the education system, but great ideas do can come from this room, can come from that room. You know, um, doesn't necessarily have to come from institution, right? We want to create that for the for the future of entrepreneurs because this is a new, um, it's very new, and, and we're working with Kind Water, um, Auckland Council to try and implement some of this the stuff, this way of thinking. Um, because it's not just um, a new economy, but it's a great, you know, um, some of these jobs that, you know, looking at sustainability, it's a new word at the moment. Oh, sustainability, but nobody really knows what sustainability. They say they know, but they haven't lived it, eh, to, is, is what I have done. I, I actually understand what sustainability, because they went somewhere, got healed and come back, and I totally understand what sustainability because they reach into my pocket, there's no more money in there. <laughs> so I had to find that money. So now I truly understand what sustainability and doing the full circle. So I, I want to teach it. So everything I, I do uh, is a, and, and, and we do as a business, we want to give that back. So through training, we try and give back. And you know what? In four years, we give our IP, but, you know, and, and happily to say this, we give it to government agencies for free. We give our IP as a business for free to agencies to use. So we don't hold it. We don't do, you know, we don't, whether it's education or whatever, we give it for free. Yeah, it's amazing, hey? Like the the idea of sustainability being just selling people more products isn't sustainability. <laughs> no. But, you know, the construction industry who make their money out of, they make their money out of the offcuts that are in the bin. They make their money out of not reusing materials around not doing deconstruction in thoughtful mm. and creative ways because they just want to sell, sell more stuff. Mm. And, yeah, so, so knowing that from, from, from the inside, what are some of the projects that you're most proud of having delivered? Yeah, some of the biggest is, is my very, very, if I go back to the very beginning, it is... And I say this proudly because um, that helped me when I first went. You know, 2018, it was Cyclone Kita, Hitonga, 40% of the roof came off. And there was a school there, it was called Queen Salote. Um, one of the, um, it was named after the uh, Queen Salote. 
the Lake Queen's Lot. So it was, you know, it was you know, coming into my own, you know, I, I, I'm Taiwan, but because I was married, my, my wife was obviously, as, as we call Palangi, um, I kind of lost my way. What I mean is I, I lost, the, um, lost uh, uh, you know, speaking Tongan, a, a little bit of the, the culture, you know. I was a, what we call it, a, um, a fake Tongan. <laughs> so, you know, going back, it was like a learning, massive learning for me. But then I met a very, very, very powerful lady. Her name was Meliana Puloka. Uh, and and there was um, um, she was the um, president of the twenty four schools, church schools, and um, she yeah she opened her project was uh, Queen Salote was destroyed, the school was destroyed. So I helped helped her with, with the school Queen Salote rebuilding that and, and, and the other schools. But what I learned and I learned of her was faith, and I th- I think a lot of the times that. Uh, as Pacifica myself, I lost that along the way that um, we grew up in the Pacific with faith and, and, and family. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we leave, leave and um, we get comfortable, I suppose, and we forget, you know, um, where we we come from. You know, we're ocean people, we're navigators. You know, I went, if I go back to it at the beginning, I thought I was helping them, but they were actually helping me. We're actually not poor in the Pacific. We're not poor in Tonga. If you stand about five k's from me in Queen Street, you see what almost a hundred people um, sleeping rough. You know, this is like, what is it, 20, 25,000 Central Auckland uh, uh, homeless. You go and stand in, in Tonga. There's no. We're lucky to get one. We stand in there, you know, but just because their houses are not built. You know, to regulations, that means they're poor, they're not. She taught me that. She taught me a lot of things about faith and how our people are and about having material stuff. So building that project, I couldn't say a lot to rebuilding the school, has helped me. And I always remember that project. Um, I've, I've done other bigger projects, um, you know, helping with iwi here in New Zealand, churches. But that project with, with Quintalote is always going to be with me forever. So cool. And what are your plans next for Trail Group? And, you know, how are you going to keep scaling this impact you're making on the people you're bringing into the business, the waste mm-hmm. you're reducing from the system, uh, and the inspiration you're providing? Well, I'm hoping there's some, some young young fellas out there, if you're listening here, come and see me. Um, you can take over the company. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't start the company, so I can, um, you know, I, yeah, like I said, I, I, I started uh, yeah, through, you know, through a journey. And, and and you know we wanted to give back. You know it's not um, something that you know. I'll be happy to lie on a coconut tree, and drinking a few coconuts and watching the sunset. That's what I want to do and, and enjoy the rest of my you know my family, my kids. I've got a beautiful two-year-old son that you know after five years of I've been blessed for the work that I've done, and I've got a fourteen-year-old daughter. So I want to enjoy that. So. What I'm creating now is help heal the planet, help heal the people, do good business so that the business can be sustainable but also teach others that you can make money but do good business. Be a good business person, not just be a business person, be a good business person. You still can have your Ferrari, you still can have your boat, but be a good business person. 
I'd also think of uh, uh, our planet. Don't, you know, I, I look at, you know, because I started so young, I look at someone and I don't want to sound disrespectful to some of the older uh, business people, but uh, they're dinosaurs and they're sitting in their yacht, you know, alone, drink, probably drinking whatever they're drinking and the cigars. And they now they're, they're um, what, what we call it now, um, philotropic, you know, very sad, you know. Once you live and do it, you know, I'm talking, about, I'm talking to the next generation, eh? don't do that, you know. Try to live it and grow and do it while you're as a business, eh? be a... Do us a business, you know, hear the, hear the world, you know, hear the, find, find things you can heal, not be a grumpy, grumpy bastard, if I can say that, and, until you're 60, 75, and you made heaps of money, you're sitting on the yacht, like, alone, like a, and then try to, you know, feel sorry for yourself, so you're going to spend all your money, you know, trying to feel, you know, feel tropic and, and like, oh, you know, because of such an ass, and um, try to make yourself feel better, you know. To do good business, you can still have what you, you know, everything you have. Find something that can quite healing for yourself and the planet. It is good business, you know. And and for Trago, we want to be able to, you know, and I hope and touch what I you know, find somebody that you know, me and, and Joe, we can find people that can take this on. We do want to, um, you know, New Zealand. It's a very very. Um, we've got a lot of talent in this country, eh? You know, great ideas come from this country, and not necessarily. Technology, as I said before, technology is not just, you know, innovation is not just technology and computers and stuff. So I'm hoping that um, we want to be able to take on, as, as what I feel is called IKEA, um, that arriving in this country here. We're happy for the waste we can take them on one day, hopefully. And, and it, I know it's a big, you know, big house, but what can we produce those out of the waste? And we're currently on that path at the moment. We're des- at the, at the, you know, we're designing our own inland port in the Pacific at the moment, so we can, you know, take, you know, because it's too expensive here in, in New Zealand, so we're creating jobs in there at the moment. But in the inland port, we can take more, we can produce smaller product that we can have. Um, yeah, we just we want to be able to to manufacture a lot more product design out of out of, out of um, what we call waste. Ah, that's magic, man. I can't wait to see where you take Mm. it next. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with us today. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for the the muffins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. So thank you to Saya Fenolatu. And if you're listening and you've got a company that's interested in designing some interesting products that turn trash into treasure, do get in touch with him at Trail Group. Uh, Thank you very much for listening and for everyone who helps make this happen, like our producer, Jane Yu, today. Do follow Businesses Boring wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to rate and leave a review if you like what we do. And keep an eye out for Going Global in your Businesses Boring feed, our new podcast with NZTE. Enohora. From the Spinoff Podcast Network, that was Businesses Boring. Brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Businesses Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.